the Data Rockstars Comedy Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Jonas. Today's podcast, we're going to reflect on the common questions our client asked us in 2021. And from this, what are our top tips for you to consider in 2022? So Kelly, do you want to kick us off with some of one of the first key themes that we thought about when we reflected on this question earlier this week? For sure. So one of the things we talked about is it's almost like Groundhog Day in that last January we were in a lockdown. We were giving guidance out about hybrid working and a lot of our clients were asking us about, you know, they were now having to all work from home. And at some point in the year, they were going to be looking to do a bit of a combination of back to the office and work from home. And I think it was a pretty common theme that we had easily for the first six months of last year is that balancing those people that had to be in an office or a work environment, having staff also working at home. So we obviously provided some practical tips for our clients in terms of, you know, just because someone's working at home, doesn't mean their environment should be any less protected than it is in a workspace. Whilst it's different, it should still be thinking about clear desks. We should still be thinking about having conversations that are confidential, unless of course you live by yourself, mm. you know. <laughs> but most of our clients have got someone else in their house, whether it be a housemate, a, a partner. I have a pet. I don't think he listens to the conversations, <laughs> but still I have headphones on so that he doesn't pay too much attention to me. But it was the review your policies with your staff to make sure that they're aware of what their responsibilities are working at home, as well as, you know, when they do eventually go back into the office. We saw a story last year in, um, in the news where someone left uh, confidential MOD papers at a bus stop because they were going from work to home. So it's reminding our clients that human error does happen. Mm. But if you can provide some foundation, some kind of good communication and regular communication, because you're not seeing them every day mm. and just reinforcing some of the real simple messages of, you know, protect your passwords, you know, think about where you're having your conversations in your home. If you are going between office and home, think about that transfer of not just equipment, but also paper records as well. So it was a common theme. And then obviously we talked about updating policies, which you then have to reinforce the messages that you're you're pushing out. Absolutely. And I think it was those reminders as well that around particular processes that just because you're working at home doesn't mean that they stop. So things like mm -hmm. if you inadvertently make a mistake, that then there needs to be that real clear process about yeah. how do you report that if it's a potential data breach? Mm -hmm. you know how do staff now make that happen because mm -hmm. again it's easier for them to kind of sit on it a little bit longer if they feel worried about reporting it and similarly things like phishing went up yeah. exponentially during the course of the pandemic and so just keeping staff engaged in that messaging around being suspicious of links of things that seem too good to be true of those requests for change of bank details fast transfer of cash yeah. All of those type of things, making sure that your team are reminded routinely through your communications and the messaging yeah. that these are still an issue, probably bigger issues than when you're you're in your workplace. So that yeah. remote working then is really it's it's a lot about really good communication to keep people engaged in the protection of the data and the protection yeah. of your business. It's really interesting, actually, because when you're talking about phishing, it reminded me of a conversation that I had with at least, I think, two or possibly three clients last year. And some of our listeners may have experienced it there's a 
a scam that's going on where someone will get asked to buy cards, gift cards on behalf of a senior manager. Really? And yeah, so Amazon vouchers or something. And it's typically comes through, it's the um, accounts have been hacked. They have watched communication. They have um, impersonated a very senior manager and they're saying, please buy 200 pounds worth of gift vouchers, which we're then going to disseminate. And because they were working from home, it wasn't the quick check of, actually, that really does sound like my manager. It sounds like something we would do because we're trying to keep engaged with our client. A, a number of clients, um, unfortunately, fell uh, mm -hmm. for that. One didn't because actually the manager was on the phone to them at the time and they're like, why are you asking me to buy gift vouchers? But it was a very common, small amount of money very similar language that their manager would have used and they're like well of course cool. but at that point the money's already been spent and that so if anyone is, it has experienced that it that reinforcing the messages and just saying you know we're seeing an increase in this or doing some kind of scam training I think is incredibly valuable right now absolutely and keeping an eye out on some of the websites that cover these sorts of things you know, there's a good one called Snopes that looks at scams that are going on. There's another one called That's Nonsense. And they will, a lot of them will focus on social media sharing and things like that. Mm -hmm. But often then there will be ones like this around particularly popular scams that are taking place at the moment as they see um, action fraud is another one, obviously, yeah. that you can both monitor it and report it if it does happen to you. Yeah. So that then that can help other people not fall prey to the same issues. So, And without a doubt, because we're now in January and people are doing their self-assessments, there oh, will yeah. be the text messaging about this is a text message from the HMRC or you may be getting home phone calls to your personal home telephone number saying oh this is the hmrc you know you need to pay us money so it's this is a very rife time for hmrc scams so just be aware of that and um it was quite entertaining obviously just in terms of the coincidence now that we're talking about this um, i did see in one of my facebook memories the other day there was a scam going around i don't know it must at least be 10 years ago where there was a, a text or call from the hmrc that was um accepting gift vouchers for your tax payment and i was like absolutely that is never going to happen the hmrc are not going to take itunes vouchers or amazon vouchers <laughs> Can you as payment for your taxes so no that is not a thing wow <laughs> that came up in my memory so it's just like actually that's quite, quite a coincidence that we're now talking about this, but, uh, this it's good this to know that even time. 10 years on we're still talking about that scam just goes yeah. to show you know it doesn't change much know. no it really doesn't and i think you know moving on from that i think one of the other questions we started to really get was this kind of well we know we need to update our privacy policies we think they might be a little bit out of date but we don't know how up to out of date they really are because it's been three years Kelly hasn't it since the GDPR came into force should we change it and I know the conversations we've had is yeah for sure we can help you with that but what do you think's changed mm -hmm. <laughs> in the past three years you know do you know what's changed have you started to collect more data or started to use new systems or are you suddenly got new plugins on your website that might be collecting uh, data or you know about your knowledge selling it on on your behalf if you've got some kind of really funky cookie on, on your website so i know that we certainly had some of those which kind of led us into the great conversation about mapping data. and i think that was often where we'd found um, if people had sort of bought templates initially mm. and used them to 
pop on their website hadn't really reviewed them necessarily but thought mm-hmm. okay we've got privacy policy we've ticked that box often then that templated approach can be quite dangerous if you don't look at it and review it and and make it tailored for your business so a lot of what we then did with with clients was to look at and say right well what is it that you actually do so comparing what they've said and then looking at saying what is the data you collect for the different sets of individuals that you collect data about so for your employees what do you collect why do you use it how do you do that mm-hmm. um, how do you store it who accesses it and going through for each set of category of individuals so mm-hmm. your your staff your applicants your customers your prospects uh, your suppliers people involved if you're processing data about individuals as part of the project mm-hmm. work you're doing all of those different sets and really helping people to understand the lie of the land when it came to the data they're collecting and I think you know that's a that's an integral piece of work to actually write in your privacy policy mm-hmm. because unless you do that piece of understanding the policy is probably not going to accurately reflect what you do and then it becomes mm-hmm. meaningless because yeah. the point of a privacy policy is to really make it clear and transparent for individuals about the data you're collecting about them and why and to make it easier for them to look and see right I'm an employee of your company I want to see what it is that you're going to process about me or I'm going to be a client how do you use my data is it secure and different people will have different levels of concern about data so there'll be some people who buy from companies and they won't care they won't look at it there are other people who will read it who will check and will make decisions based on the information that you're giving them and so that transparency piece I think is becoming ever more important and making sure that it's as clear as possible so not overly legal in its approach so that people can read it and genuinely understand this is the data that this company is collecting about me and why Um, so that data mapping piece is a real really important step prior to writing a good privacy policy Um, and it's something we definitely would urge you to look at if you have got a templated privacy policy in place is to step back and look at that privacy policy look at what it says and then really try and say does this map to what I do in my business and then start with the what do we do and then adapt that template that you've got in place to make it reflect your business and tell people genuinely what you do. And that led me to to remind myself is that we've obviously also for some of our clients who work with or engage with children we then had to adapt some of those privacy policies to be really child friendly because of the age appropriate design code Mm -hmm. otherwise known children's code has come in and I find that a really useful way to like if you as much as it should be for children if you as a, an organization just have you know over 18s engaging with your services why not try and write a privacy policy that's aimed at a child because invariably it will be easier to read you know it'll be very simple language and people are going to probably pay better attention to it and I know that you know you've had lots of positive feedback from the children's privacy policies that you've written um, yeah so- people always do like them because they feel that it's much more understandable and engaging so um, it's uh, and I think it's not to be discounted the fact that the average reading age in the country is actually quite low I think it's yeah. about the same as a nine-year-old yeah. so there's potentially quite a lot of people generally irrespective of their age that would actually need to be reading something that is in that very plain language and you know I think legalese doesn't help because it's designed to be difficult to understand that Mm. you need a law degree to be able to really fully interpret it and understand it so I think the clearer and plainer and more transparent you can be then the better it's going to be for people's ability to understand it so would be definitely a top tip from us absolutely and I think finally I 
think we're running out of time, so this will be Kelly super excited in 60 seconds. (laughs) 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 Who knew that was possible? More so last year than ever before, we really did start to get people asking us about, well, we know that our current system doesn't work for us. We know that it's, we, we want better data. When we're looking at it, it's not giving us what we want. It's slow or it's no longer being supported or it sits on a computer and it's now going to the cloud and we don't know what that means so we really got involved in the the kind of consultancy of well speaking to our clients and saying well what is it that you want what do your staff need to collect why do they need to collect it and then doing a really great piece of well nerdy in my opinion a piece of research which is you know you've told us all of your needs wants and desires when it comes to a, a new system based on your budget, this is what's available to you on the marketplace. Or actually you've got such specific needs, you will need to get a someone in to bespoke a system for you. And that was really great to actually get people approach us and say, we do want that. It's not a data protection piece, there's an element of data protection to it, it's more data management. We want a system that really works for us, that gives us insight for now and for the future. And I think it's that challenge of the pandemic and the hybrid working Mm -hmm. to loop it back to the beginning, just really flagged where systems are no longer working and people have workarounds that then make it harder to communicate across the team effectively. And so I think it's really pulled into sharp relief the need to have good data underpinning the business. And I think that's been really exciting. So I think the tip there is really to review your systems and Mm. really think about it from that starting point of what you as a business need and your people need and then take the step into the market. So hopefully after Kelly's 60 seconds of excitement there, you've got some useful hints and tips to take away and think about for your business. And of course, if you've got any questions or thoughts that you'd like to um, chat with us about, then you're more than welcome to get in touch. Uh, Don't forget about our buy two, get one free offer for our data protection training courses. It's a great way to engage your team in their data protection responsibilities, particularly if you're worried about things like phishing scams. uh, We can help with those reminders. Thank you so much for listening in. And if there's any data protection topics you'd like us to discuss, do get in touch on coffee at dbxuk.com. And join us next time for more coffee and chat about the world of data and data protection.